All right. It's good to see everybody tonight. Welcome on this Wednesday night. Before we get started, I'll take a few prayer requests. Anybody got any prayer prayer needs you want to share? Need somebody to scribe them down for me tonight? here in a few minutes. Uh, right now, if, if you will, go ahead and, and uh, open your Bibles to the book of time to serve offering that we took Sunday, uh, we wound up the 
as of right now with about $26,000. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, I've been knowing it since last Sunday, so I've, I've done my shouting already. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. We still got a few that's uh, going to be turned in and hopefully, uh, rest of it will come about like we've been praying for and so anyway that's that's exciting and uh that's a compliment to all of you that have participated in that uh that time of, of sowing so just a blessing um so uh hopefully later on Tonight, if time permits, we'll be able to take all the paperwork up to the other uh, church up there, and all that will be completed tonight. So, we're good. I know they're having Bible school this week, I think, to start tonight. I know they're having Bible school uh, this week that starts tonight. So, but uh, anyway, God is moving, and uh, anytime there's a there's a uh, a movement in the heavenlies, there's going to be a movement in hell. Uh, so. You got to realize that, uh, you know, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 54, on about verse 17 and 18, uh, Isaiah prophesied uh, that no weapon formed against you would prosper, uh, but it didn't say there wouldn't be a weapon formed. So you got to understand that, that the enemy is going to form weapons against you but the Bible says they'll not prosper. Uh, and so what I want to uh, talk about tonight, I've been uh, uh, just been one of those days. Uh, you've heard of rider block. Sometimes I get sermon block. And sometimes nothing, nothing registers in this head of mine. And I know you don't understand why, because everything should register in this head. But... But it don't. Sometimes it just don't don't get there. But anyway, I, I was praying, and, and God just began to deal with me uh, of something. And, and so we're just going to talk about tonight. I want to talk about a season of warfare, a season of warfare. Uh, there have been, been several words that have been spoken messages that were given in tongues and interpretation uh, by Holy Spirit and other uh, uh, words that have been spoken over the past several weeks about a warfare that's going on and uh, that that uh, and and you can sense things when things begin to uh, move forward 
right, when you, you, you can see where God is moving and, and there's breakthrough happening, breakthrough is taking place in different areas, uh, in, in certain areas, uh, you can almost count on it that there's going to be a counter move by the enemy and things are going to begin to happen. I'm not giving the enemy any glory not giving him any power uh, or any uh, praise tonight. But what I want to do tonight is I, I wanted, and, and I, I really thought about this, and I really believe that this is strategic tonight. Um, and and I, I debated on whether or not I needed to do this tonight or do it Sunday. Uh, but uh, I really feel that, that it's strategic tonight because those of you that are listening tonight, you, you will spiritually discern what I'm talking about, and hopefully you'll be able to, to help those that are not here tonight uh, to understand the warfare that's going on. Uh, and, and I'm going to just be downright uh, real with you. Uh, this church is under a major attack. Uh, you know, we're seeing God, we're seeing things happen financially that we have prayed for for years. And we're seeing breakthrough that we've been believing God for for years happen. But on the other hand, there's a warfare that's going on. There's a battle that's going on. And I want to tell you, uh, you know, so many people don't get the warfare. They don't, they don't understand. They, they look at people, uh, and, and they, look at, they look at the preacher, or they look at uh, the deacon, or they look at the Sunday school teacher, and they say it's them. Uh, if, if they would do right, it would be better. But, and they don't understand that the devil is standing off in the shadows just laughing because he's thrown something at them, and, and, and they're pointing their finger at somebody else. It's not another person, ladies and gentlemen. It's a spiritual battle that we're in. So tonight, I want us to talk about seasons of warfare. In the book of Ecclesiastes, and just kind of hold with me. I'm going to get to uh, where you are in Ephesians. But in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, there's a very familiar passage there that talks about there's a time, there's a season for everything. There's a time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to mourn, time to weep, time to war, time to, for peace, uh, and all these things. In, in uh, the first verse of chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes says this, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Christians who are spiritually discerning will recognize seasons. All right? You know, God created seasons in Genesis chapter 1. You see where God created everything and he gave everything seasons. And there's a time to plant, a time to sow, a uh, time to reap or whatever. And there's a season for everything. And, and uh, just like we pass uh, uh, from, from winter into uh, springtime and from springtime into hot, like we are right now, and humid. And then it won't be long 
when you feel like that that you've taken all the heat that you can you can possibly take, and if, if it don't hurry up and cool off, you're going to move north. Uh, and just about the time you get to the end of your rope, then fall. The season of fall will come. Things will begin to change. It will begin to cool off, and, and, uh, and, and everybody will be happy for a little while, and then we'll move into winter. And about the time that you think that you can't handle another freezing uh, cold morning, or something like that, then there comes spring, and spring will come. Seasons are changing. Seasons are constantly moving, and, and we recognize that. But so many times we don't discern the seasons of warfare. Uh, you know, and, but when you spiritually discern seasons, you understand. How many of you know in here tonight that your spiritual seasons change quite often? For example, today, I'm on the mountaintop. I'm, I'm excited. I'm joyous. I'm, I'm jumping up and down for glory. And, and everything that I touch, the anointing is moving in. And, and everybody I pray for is being healed. And, and, and the wife is happy. The dog's happy. And, and the cats have left. And we don't have them no more and all that. And everything is beautiful. I started to say chickens, baby, but I, I, I knew not to go there. But, but I'm on the mountaintop. Everything is good, man, and, and, and I'm just rejoicing. And, and when, I, when I walk in my little uh, prayer chamber and begin to pray, man, it just seems like I walk in and God's just sitting there. And, and it is so awesome and so powerful. And then tomorrow I wake up and I'm in despair it's, it's uh, despair and agony on me. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no bad luck. I'd have no luck at all. And, and, and oh, the misery and all that, everything that I touch messes up. And, and everybody I talk to don't like me. And, and it's just seasons. They change. You know, in, in the book of Acts, chapter 16, we talked about you, you be, need to be aware of what's following you Sunday. How many of you remember that? Uh, thank you uh, that you caught what I was saying. But in, in Acts chapter 16, we talked about Sunday, how that the Apostle Paul uh, was, was ministering, and this uh, little slave girl following him around, and, and she began to say, uh, these men are the servants of the Most High God, and, and, and they're, they're telling you the way of salvation. And uh, but what, what we didn't talk about was, was up just a, a few verses prior to that, when Paul came into uh, the city, uh, he found a lady whose name was Lydia. She was a seller of purple. He found Lydia. He went down by the river where they usually met to pray. Paul went down by the river to pray, and he met Lydia. He got to talking to Lydia. God opened her heart. And, and she received what Paul was saying. The Bible says that Lydia and her whole household uh, were saved and baptized that day. What an awesome thing. What a great thing, man. Paul was probably just rejoicing at what God was doing. People were being saved. Families were being redeemed and restored. 
and man, he is on cloud nine, and he's walking along, and he hears this voice behind him say, look at these men. They're servants of the Most High God. And, and Paul probably says, my goodness, I wish you'd get, get somewhere. And, and he keeps on walking, and finally he gets aggravated, and he just turns around and rebukes the devil. He's on cloud nine, man. God's moving. God is, God is working miracles, and he's moving, and, and he rebukes the devil, and just a few minutes he is being drugged into the city square where the Bible says they beat him with many blows. And then he winds up in prison. Him and uh, Silas wind up in a Philippian jail. You see, seasons change. See, you go from highs to lows, from lows to highs. That's, I wish I could say that you can turn this switch and flip that off and it would never happen again. But it's just not going to be like that. So, how do we deal with that? The thing about it, ladies and gentlemen, is we need to understand that, that what God wants us to get is to learn how to discern the season that we're in and to learn how to be consistent in every season. You know, Jesus in Luke chapter 4 uh, was tempted by Satan. Satan tempted Jesus about three times and uh, tried to get him to do things, turn uh, uh, bread into a stone into bread and, 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 and all that, showed him the kingdoms of the world and said they would be his if he would worship, but Jesus refused. But the Bible says that at the end of those temptations, in the book of Luke chapter 4 and 13, that when the temptation had ended, the devil had ended all of his temptation, the Bible says that he departed from Jesus for a season. In other words, Satan departed from Jesus. He failed on his attempt to tempt the Son of God. He failed, but he departed from him with this idea, I will come up with another plot. I will come up with another plan. I will develop another strategy. I will be back. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to stop. I'll come back. He left him for a season, meaning that he left him for a temporary amount of time, but there would be a day that he would come back. All right? You and I, the enemy looks at us many times and says, man, I tried to get so-and-so. I tried to tempt them. I failed, but I will be back. I'll come back with something else. I'm going to come back. I'm going to get, I tried to get them uh, to, to uh, turn against their wife or their husband. I couldn't do that. I'll come back next time and try to get them to turn against the preacher. He's going to keep coming back over and over and over again, uh, trying to find something that he can pin on us as Christians. Now, in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10. Paul said this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes, King James Version says, wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle 
against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, let's look at the first part of verse 10 for a moment. Understand that there are seasons where things are good, and then there are seasons when things are upside down, when warfare is going on. Somebody said, well, I've been in warfare ever since I got saved, and, and we, we are, but sometimes it's, it's an easy warfare and sometimes it's a hard warfare. Sometimes, sometimes the warfare that we're fighting is because of things that happened in our past. And when we get saved, we shut those things down, but the consequences of our past uh, sometimes require us to deal with them. Sometimes we have to face the consequences of our past. And so that, that is a warfare. And, and the enemy wants to use my past to shut my future down. The enemy wants to use things that I've, I did in the past to hinder me in my future. So you've got to recognize, is this something that's coming from my past that the enemy's trying to use against me if it is, then you know what the strategy of the enemy is. You know, you know what, you know the scheme. See, uh, and that's what Paul was saying, uh, that uh, he wanted us to be able to stand against the schemes or the scheming of the enemy. He's always scheming. That word scheming means he's always plotting and planning and figuring on what he can do to come against you. I've often said that if somebody can hurt your feelings by a word they say, that the devil will put them on a, on a plane and fly them across the world and land them in Atmore, Alabama and send them here to say something to you that would hurt your feelings. All right? You've got to understand. Listen, the devil is not all-knowing. He don't know everything. He don't know exactly, uh, he doesn't know all, all things. He's not all-seeing, and he's definitely not all-powerful. God is the only one that is all-knowing, all-seeing, and all-powerful. So what the devil does is he pushes buttons. He pushes buttons, or he pulls strings. And, and uh, I, I, I like to look at it like this, that, uh, each of us walking around have got a spiritual thermometer uh, over our head. And, and some of us are boiling hot while others might be midway. And others might be on the cool side. All right? And so what the enemy does is he walks around and he gauges your ability to handle temptation by that spiritual thermometer. If he sees that you're on fire for God, he knows that he's going to have to hit you really hard to stop you. If he sees that you're cool, most of the time he's going to pat you on the back and say, good job, just keep on doing what you're doing. All right? But he don't know 
what it takes for me to fall. He doesn't know what he can do to cause me to fail. But he just does things over and over and over. That's the reason he throws things at your mind. That's the reason he tells you uh, uh, on Sunday morning when you walk in and you look at somebody and they make an ugly face and the devil automatically says, they don't like you no way. You look at somebody that, that, that last Sunday you shook hands with them and you loved them and this Sunday when you looked at them, they made this ugly face at you and turned the other way and, and the devil says, see there, they don't really like you. But what you don't know is they had a gas pain when you looked at them. Maybe they had something bad for breakfast or something. I'm serious. I, I know that's kind of kind of a, a crazy, but but it's real. It's true. And and the enemy starts working in that. He starts he starts poking and prodding and says, "See there, they don't like you." How many of you walked in here on Sunday morning and you feel like nobody in here likes you? Be honest with you. You don't have to raise your hand. But those things happen because we're in, se in, in seasons of, of ups and downs. But, but I want to get a little bit uh, deeper into that because Paul said to be strong. And, and he said, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. Remember what I said earlier, that a spiritual discerning Christian recognizes the changing of seasons. He recognizes, listen, uh, and, and I'm, I wish I could say I've mastered it, but I, as a pastor, uh, I have to stand and look at the whole picture and all of that, and I also have to look at the minute detail and, and uh, some of the hardest times in my uh, life is when, when I see that the church is moving and God is blessing and then to see something happen just like the snap of a finger and it grinds it to, halt, to a halt. And all of a sudden then you begin to battle, you begin that warfare, and I say, oh my goodness, here we go, we're going into a warfare. And, and listen, I can get discouraged, I can get frustrated, and I can, listen, I can listen to what the devil is telling me so many times, now it's time for you to move on. You just need to move on. You've messed all this up, uh, and, and this is never going to work. You just need to move on down the road. Listen, I have to recognize the warfare that the enemy throws at me. It's like I told you Sunday, there might be a day that God will come and say, okay, uh, uh, Cornelius, it's time for you to move on. It's time for you to leave this church and go somewhere else and do something else. When that happens, then, then I'll do it. I might not want to do it, but I'll do it. But it hadn't happened yet, okay? And I don't see it happening in the future. So I'll just uh, either make you mad there or relax you, one or the other. I don't know. Amen. All right. All right. So, but, but you got to recognize that when, when warfare comes, you've got to guard your mind. You've got to guard your thoughts. You've got to guard... Uh, everything that comes into your mind because what happens is, is that the enemy will come and begin to war 
the, listen, the enemy will begin to war over here, and you're standing over here, and all of a sudden you are messed up in your mind because of something that's going on over here. And, and, and we miss the warfare. We miss what's going on. And, and Paul said this. He said, you've got to be strong in the Lord. In other words, your faith has got to be strong. Your faith and, and, and hold on God has got to be strong. Else, you're not going to be able to effectively fight a good warfare. And then Paul said this, you've got to be strong in your faith. But uh, let me say this first, that the, the, the one who fights the effective warfare is the one who is disciplined in their relationship with God. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about there? I'm talking about a person who is disciplined in their walk with God. Discipline means that you spend time in prayer, you recognize the attacks of the enemy. Listen, God will reveal you to you the strategies of the enemy in your prayer time and in your study time. All right? And, and so you, we, we've got to be disciplined. There's, there's no boxer that ever wins a battle in the ring unless he has first been disciplined in the training on the training ground, right? No runner ever wins the, the race in the Olympics until he has first been disciplined to, to bring his body into submission on the training track, right? The reason that so many people lose the battle spiritually is because they never disciplined themselves to follow the heart of God. Paul said it's important for us to be strong and it's important for us to be disciplined. That word discipline simply means, or, or strong, simply means to be empowered, to increase in strength, or to make strong. So if I recognize that I'm in a warfare, and here's, here's the thing, guys. This is, this is where the rubber meets the road. When, when, when I am, am sitting in church or when I'm at home laying in bed at midnight and, and my eyes are wide open and I'm staring at the ceiling and, and, and my mind is just being tormented with all kind of thoughts and and. and of things of people that don't like me or something like that and, and I'm being tormented. I have to, because of discipline, I have to intentionally shut that down. Right? I can't just continue. Uh, when, when I hear myself talking and getting negative and becoming judgmental, I've got and and I and I get negative and become judgmental because of things that are going on in my mind or things that are going on around me. And when I see or or hear myself getting that way, if I continue to go in that path, I know that what it's going to do, it's going to get me to the place to where I can't sense the anointing 
and I can't sense the presence of God, and I'm going to keep, keep getting deeper and deeper in that mud and that mess. So I have to intentionally, all right? God's not, God's not going to come and, and slap me on the back of the head and, and say, hey, you've got to stop that. Holy Spirit will tell me. And so I have to intentionally say, you know what? I'm not going there. I'm going to stop that right here. I'm going to shut that down. I'm going to take every thought captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ. I'm going to bring every thought into subjection to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So, Paul said this. He said, be strong in the Lord, not in my ability, not in the church's ability, but be strong in the Lord. That word Lord, the title Lord, means supreme authority. So what Paul was saying is to be strong in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? Now, I want to I want to kind of give you some examples of of uh, the Apostle Paul recognizing warfare. In Romans chapter fifteen and verse twenty two, Paul said this, and he was talking about that there were times and there had been times that he wanted to come to Rome. He wanted to come and and. Uh, uh, visit the church at Rome and to, to uh, minister to the people of Rome. And in verse 22 of Romans chapter 15, Paul said this. He said, For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. That word hindered in that verse means to impede one's course by cutting off his way. So what Paul was saying was, there have been many times that I've wanted to come and minister to you here at Rome. He said, but I've been hindered. In other words, he said there has been demonic uh, obstacles that have been set in my way. The enemy has come and he has, has impeded my ability to come to you. In other words, what Paul was saying is, I recognize that there's been a demonic warfare that's been coming against me every time I would want to come and minister to you people at Rome. The enemy has come, and he's hindered me from doing that. All right? Do you recognize when the enemy has come and tried to hinder something that's, that God wants to do in your life? Do you recognize that there are times when, when uh, God is wanting to, to move you in a certain direction and the enemy stands in or he comes in and cuts that off or impedes that and stops that and shuts it down? And so many times 
we just say, okay, and we, we go on and, and don't worry about it, and we don't understand that that was a demonic attack, that the enemy come uh, to cut me off and stop me from getting there because God knew that when I got there, the devil knew when I got there, the kingdom of God was going to grow. Paul recognized that. Now, the reason I read that is I want to read you another one, another passage of Scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 18, Paul said this. He's talking to the church of Thessalonica. He said, Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Satan hindered us. The reason I'm reading that to you is because I want you to see that Paul recognized that there were things that had happened that Satan was involved in it and Satan had hindered him from getting to where he wanted to go. All right? Listen, warfare, the, one of the big parts of warfare is understanding What's going on here? What is this battle about? Is this, is this about uh, the enemy trying to hinder? Is this the enemy trying to stop? Is this the enemy trying to uh, get me off course? Is this the enemy trying to detour me to get me away from something that God is wanting me to get to? So many times the, the enemy will come and hinder and he will, he will set things in, in our way to get us to detour because he, he sees the direction that we're going and he wants to stop it, all right? Now, those two verses uh, that we read, Romans 15, 22, and 1 Thessalonians 2, 18, are examples of where the enemy came and hindered Paul, and Paul recognized in 1 Thessalonians, he recognized this is the devil. This is the enemy that's coming against me, all right? But if you go to Acts chapter uh, 16 and verse 6, the Bible says Paul, and this is a chapter that we were just in a while ago, Paul said this, he said, Now when they had gone throughout uh, Phrygia, and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to uh, Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Notice the difference there. In, in Romans 15 and 1 Thessalonians, Paul attempted to go somewhere, but he was hindered by Satan. In Acts chapter 16, they were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. And after they were come to Mysia, they, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Now what if, what if the Spirit wouldn't allow Paul to go? What if he, wouldn't, he wasn't allowed to go into Asia. What if Paul stood up and said, this is nothing but the devil. I just rebuked the devil right here. I want to go to Asia. The devil don't want me to go there. 
You see what I'm saying? He didn't do that, though. He recognized that this is Holy Spirit telling me I don't need to go there. But over here in Romans, he recognized this is the enemy that's trying to hinder me from getting to Rome. And you're kind of looking at me funny, like you're saying, I, I don't understand what you're talking about there, Pastor. But what I'm saying is, you've got to recognize the season of warfare that you're in. And so many times we don't recognize the season of warfare because we look at everything on the surface and we don't realize that there's a spiritual thing there that's going on and God wants us to see through the eyes of the spirit and not through the eyes of the flesh. That's the reason that the Apostle Paul said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's the reason on down in Ephesians he said, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And that word wrestle means that there's a wrestling match that's going on. There's, there's a wrestling that's going on in the spirit realm in your life, my life. There's a wrestling match that's going on for your family and my family. There's a wrestling match that's going on for this church and every church around. There's a wrestling match. There's a battle that's being fought in the spirit realm and there's a wrestling that's going on, all right? There's a battle, and Paul said, but the, but the difference between the WWE and, and uh, the spiritual, uh, or WWF, I don't watch it, so, so you know, but I don't know what the WWE is. All right, okay, but the but the difference between that the the WWF is that all of that there's nothing to it, all right. But in the spiritual realm, listen, you don't know whether or not you might be wrestling and you might be battling for the soul of this community. You don't know whether or not you might be wrestling, Mom, for the souls of your children or the souls of your husband or your wife. You don't know whether, whether the battles that you've been fighting are the battles that are being fought because there is a multitude of people that God has, has appointed you to be a Moses tube, and the devil is working overtime trying to battle against you and trying to stop you, trying to curse you, trying to embarrass you, and trying to do all kind of things to get you to stop and back up. And that is the reason that Paul said, listen, we don't war against flesh and blood. Get out of the flesh and begin to walk in the spirit. 
I know it's hard, and I know sometimes when I get by myself, I cry, and tears come down my face, but I have to pull my bootstrings up and tighten them up and walk back out and say, look, I am not going to move. I'm not going to back down. You can hit me and slap me, whatever you want to do, but I am going to stand for Jesus. I'm not going to lose this battle because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and the weapons of my warfare are not carnal and this is how I fight my battle. I pray in tongues. I pray with the understanding. I read the word of God and I rejoice not in what I'm seeing with my eyes but what I know in my spirit. You see, we, we get messed up when we start fighting our brother or fighting our sister. Listen, I want you to understand tonight. You walk among fallen people. You come in here on Sunday morning, you're coming in among fallen people. There are some that are holy, some that are not. You come in here on Sunday morning, there's some righteous folks and there's some unrighteous folks. There's, you come in here on Sunday morning and, and there's some that are raising their hand that when they get outside those doors, they're doing everything imaginable. All right? That's what the church is, that's what this, that's what the, the congregation is all about. But I always say I'd rather have the devil sitting inside the church than I had have him out there behind something outside. Because as long as he's sitting in the church, there's an opportunity for the gospel to get to his heart and he'll be changed. You see, the household of faith is not only for the saved and the redeemed, but the household of faith is for those that are lost those that have fallen, those that have backslidden, those that have been on the mountain and fallen into the valley, it is for all people that will come and recognize I need a Savior, I need a Redeemer, and so they come into the house of God. Mine and your responsibility is to bring them in, to love them, to encourage them, to rebuild them and restore them and send them back out so that they can do battle for Jesus. All right? But if you get caught up and looking at the outward, you will miss what God has called you to do. And there's nothing worse, ladies and gentlemen, than to get caught up and looking on the outward and miss the destiny that God has established for you. It makes for a miserable, miserable life. I want to... Take your Bible and turn with me to Second uh, Samuel, chapter eleven, and I'm going to close. I promise, I'm going to close. Second Samuel, chapter eleven, <clears throat> verse one. I was thinking about the seasons today, and and and. Uh, God has just been just really been been speaking to me a lot on on surrounding this area and 
and as I was thinking about it today, uh, I, this this passage of scripture came uh, into my spirit, and it's a very uh, very strong uh, picture message of of what happens when we fail to recognize the season. David has uh, just become king of the nation of Israel. He is king over the whole nation now. And all the battles that he's fought with Saul, all the time that he spent running, all the, all the nights that David spent in a lonely cave somewhere hiding out, fearing for his life and running from Saul, now all of that's over. And now he's enjoying the blessings of God and he's enjoying uh, the fruits of uh, uh, his perseverance and his faithfulness to God. And, you know, the time when, when he uh, had Saul right there and uh, he cut off part of Saul's garment and, and, and the Holy Spirit smote him and, and he felt bad for what he did and, and all that. And now David has persevered through all those battles and all those struggles. He's persevered through all the things that people were saying about him and all the words that were thrown against him and all of that. And now David is king of the nation of Israel. But I want you to read. Let's read uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 1. And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle. If you write in your Bible, underline that that there was a time when kings go forth to battle. I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you need to know the time when it's time for kings to go forth to battle. All right? Because when it is time for kings and priests and royal uh, priesthood and chosen people to go forth to battle, if you miss, uh, if you miss going to battle you will be diverted to something else that will cost you more than you are willing to pay. Notice what happened. After the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. It came to pass in the evening that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman. We know her name was Bathsheba. He saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look on. See, the, the issue is this. David was not where he was supposed to be. He was not doing what he had been anointed to do. But he was in a place where he wasn't supposed to be, and he got caught up in doing something that he wasn't supposed to do. And it cost him. Listen, doesn't matter how spiritual you are. 
doesn't matter how strong you think you are. If you don't recognize the season of warfare, listen, David missed the season of warfare and thought it was a season for love. He lost, listen, David, David, don't, don't forget, David wrote a big portion of the Psalms. David wrote, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate both day and night. David wrote, he's the God that teaches my hands to war, my fingers to fight, and my hands to war. He's the God that I can get under his wings and I can find shelter. But David didn't recognize that it was time for kings to go to battle. It wasn't time to lay in bed. It wasn't time to get up on the rooftop and gaze out over something that you did not need to look at and you definitely didn't need to touch. But he didn't recognize the season. Listen. Sometimes success can blind you from your season. Sometimes you think because of all the things that's going on around you that, that you're not able to recognize the season that, of warfare that you're in. I'm telling you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that, that, that it has been and it is right now. It is the time for kings to go to battle. Don't get caught laying in bed. Don't get caught walking around on the rooftop when you're supposed to be in battle fighting for the kingdom of God. Listen, you know the story. David, David got caught up in something that was bigger than him. Because he didn't recognize the season. He didn't recognize the battle. And he didn't recognize the importance of fighting a warfare. Listen, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, Paul said we have to be careful lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we're not ignorant of his devices. So I want to... I want to leave you with this tonight. There have been battles. There have been warfare. There have been things that have been going on. And it's warfare. It's battle. It's warfare. But you've got to look deeper than the surface got to look deeper than humanity you've got to recognize that the enemy is trying to destroy he's trying to kill he's trying to stop he's trying to detour now lord's willing we're going to get back in ephesians chapter six uh, next wednesday night because i want to i want to dig down into that uh, because i really believe that god is wanting to um, to do some things there
So just remember, recognize the season. Recognize the season. It's, it might be easy for you to recognize the season for yourself. But can you recognize the season for the church? God blessing financially, God bringing people in, but yet warfare and battle is taking place. If I don't keep my eyes on him, I'll start blaming somebody else. And I'll miss what God is wanting to do in my life. There have been many, many people whose destinies have been stopped because they thought that somebody else had messed them up. And they didn't realize that the enemy was behind all of it. Would you stand with me? and just lift your hands, lift your hearts up to the Lord tonight and just begin to open yourself up to Him and just begin to worship Him tonight. Maybe some of you here tonight, you've been battling. Maybe you've been going through some warfare. Maybe you've been dealing with some issues. Maybe perhaps some of you even here tonight, you've looked around at other people and you've said, man, it's, it's their fault, it's them. But it's not. You've got an enemy. And he wants to stop you. You've got an enemy that he wants to shut you down. Sometimes in the middle of your battle, you just have to stop. It's not about how loud you pray. It's not even about the words that you say. Sometimes it's just about lifting your head toward heaven and opening your heart up to God and saying, God, you've got to do this because it is bigger than me. God, you've got to fight this battle. But here's the thing, guys. When I say, God, you've got to fight this battle, then I've got to make a stand. And I say, God, I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to stand there until you 
work on my behalf. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to exalt you. Even when my eyes see things that go contrary to what my heart is wanting to see, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to magnify you. Even when my ears hear things that are contrary to what uh, my heart is wanting to hear, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to magnify you, Lord. I'm not going to move. That old song that we used to sing, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the water, I shall not be moved. Though all hell assail me, I shall not be moved. I will not be moved. I will stand. Listen to the Bible. I used that verse a little while ago in Psalm 1 about blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate both day and night. And he said this, he said, For he will be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water, and his leaf shall not wither. In time of drought, his leaf shall not wither. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. Father, we thank you tonight. God, we thank you tonight, Lord, that you've given us the blood of Jesus Christ. That, Father, we can apply to our warfare. Father, we thank you tonight that you've given us the name of Jesus that is above every other name. And, God, through that name we can fight we can do battle with the enemy. We thank you tonight, Lord Jesus, that you've given us the cross, that through the cross the old man is dead. Father, through the cross I have been crucified. Nevertheless, I live not yet, not I, but Christ who lives on the inside of me, and I live by faith in him. God, I thank you tonight that you've given us the word of God that we can fight a good warfare with. I thank you tonight, Lord, that you've given us promises out of your word that tells us that we are victorious. We're not losers. We're not defeated. We're victorious, God. The battle is not mine, but it's yours, Lord. And so, Father, tonight, God, we just come, Father, in the name of Jesus. And, Father, tonight, God, help us to recognize the season of warfare. Help us to recognize the seasons that we're in, to know, God, to discern, Father, what the enemy's trying to do and to discern what you want to do and how the enemy is opposing what you desire to do. Father, tonight, God, we lift up these needs to you. Uh, Sister Martha's daughter, Elizabeth, we pray for her tonight, God, that you would touch her. Pray for Tanya Jordan tonight, God, that you would minister to her, Father, the Wiggins family. Lord, during this time of loss, that you would comfort them. Uh, Mr. Buddy Rhodes and his family, God, as they've lost, he's lost his wife, God, I pray that you would strengthen, that you would comfort them, Father, and touch them tonight in the name of Jesus. We pray for Linda, and uh, Sister Linda and, and Jordan uh, in uh, Serbia tonight. God, I thank you, Father, that you're giving them souls for the harvest, God, I thank you tonight that you're touching and protecting them. And, Father, we pray tonight for Sister Willanette, God. You see her need tonight, her feet, her leg, God, that you would touch her in the name of Jesus. 
pray for Sister Gwen tonight with an unspoken request. God, you know tonight, you know our heart, even before we ask. We pray, God, that you would move on her behalf. Pray for uh, Judy's family, God, the loss of her uncle, father, and her aunt. God, that you would strengthen that family. Comfort them tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And Father, Lord, as we come together, Lord, on Sunday morning, Father, to worship you, Holy Spirit, would you meet us here? Holy Spirit, would you come and do what we're not able to do? Holy Spirit, let us step into the flow of the anointing of your power. And Lord, tonight, God, I thank you. I thank you, Father, that every aspect, God, will be blessed. Every aspect of this service will be blessed of you, Father. And Lord, I just bless your people tonight. We honor you. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. God bless you tonight. We love you guys.